MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. When you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Today, Steve Bannon's trial is underway in D.C. The Department of Justice says that a Trump candidacy declaration will have no impact on their investigations. Pottinger and Matthews are set to testify in the primetime January 6th committee hearing Thursday night. The U.S. Secret Service is now under National Archives investigation for improperly deleting communications on January 5th and 6th. 16 fraudulent electors in Georgia have received target letters, and that same Fulton County DA has moved to dismiss Lindsey Graham's bid to quash her grand jury subpoena. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Hello. Hello, AG. How are you, dear? Oh, I'm a little sleepy today, but I'm good. And today was fun. Uh, The jury was seated in the Bannon trial, and he tried twice again to delay his trial, and the judge said, nope. So they're underway. Three shirts today. He was wearing three shirts and a jacket. And yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we can still smell it's him. Chilly. Chilly in the courtroom. Chilly in the courtroom. It's 98 fucking degrees. <laughs> Douche. Oh man. It's not gonna go well for him. Every single one of his defenses is batted down. The Department of Justice keeps objecting. They keep trying to slide stuff in. Of course, he gave some remarks outside of the courtroom afterwards saying, We need to get Shifty Schiff in here and Benny Thompson to, you know, just a if you if they're brave enough, if they have the guts to come and testify, like, no, they just you're not important. That's that's it. <laughs> they have better things to do, like wash their white belts, sir. They have better things to do. <laughs> And Bloomberg News today reported that the Department of Justice said today, Lisa Monaco came out and said, hey, if Donald throws his hat in the ring for election to to run for president, that will not have any impact on our investigations. And that was probably in response to a Maddow report Monday night about a hair on fire Garland memo that really just reiterates old DOJ policy and doesn't have anything to do with whether or not they're investigating or will indict Donald Trump. We're going to go over that memo line by line and talk about the important pieces and what it means and what I don't like about it and what's normal about it on today's Clean Up on Aisle 45 podcast with Andrew Torres. So check that out. Fantastic. Because Twitter lost their ever-loving minds. Uh, So we don't have to get into that now, but everyone lost their shit because everyone's got their theory on what this means, what it doesn't mean. I would rather people tune in to you and Andrew Torres so they can actually get an intelligent breakdown of what's happening. And then, of course, now all of the people are like, told you, pressure works, pressure works. Like, she didn't come out and rescind the memo. She said that it it just didn't say what you think it said. Um, I don't think that word means what you think it means. (laughs) (laughs) Inconceivable. So, yeah, check that out. Big picture, it's not a big deal. It doesn't prevent DOJ from investigating or indicting Trump. In fact, it actually confirms that the current investigations into Trump have been approved by Merrick Garland himself. (laughs) So... That's, I think, the lead story there that everyone sort of missed. 
Also, I will be in the room Thursday night, prime time for the January 6th committee hearing. I'll be in the room where it happens. I'll be live tweeting from inside that hearing. And you can follow me live tweeting on Twitter at Mueller. She wrote that's where I will be doing all of that. So I just found out a few minutes ago. Fantastic. There is a seat for me in the room. So I will be there. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. The U.S. Secret Service has secrets. <laughs> it has determined that it has no new text to provide to Congress relevant to its January 6th investigation and that any other texts its agents exchanged around the time of the attack on the Capitol were purged, as in deleted, erased. And that's according to a senior official briefed on the matter. Also, the National Archives on Tuesday sought more information on the potential unauthorized deletion of agency text messages. The U.S. government's chief record keeper, that's the National Archivist, asked the Secret Service to report back to the archives within 30 days about the deletion of any records, including describing what was purged and the circumstances of how the documentation was lost. The law enforcement agency, whose agents have been embroiled in the January 6th investigation because of their role shadowing and planning President Trump's movements that day, is expected to share the conclusion with the committee in response to its Friday subpoena for texts and other records. The irony here, Dana, is that when other agencies want text messages to be recovered that have been erased, they don't go to Quantico and the FBI training center. They go to the Secret Service Cyber Lab because they're the best of the best at recovering lost texts. Uh huh. The agency, which made this determination after reviewing its communication databases over the past four days, will provide thousands of records, but all of them have been shared previously with an agency watchdog and congressional committees. None is expected to shed new light on the key matters the committee is probing, including whether Trump attacked a Secret Service agent, (laughs) an account that uh, Cassidy Hutchinson described to the committee. Many of the agents in the Secret Service and their cell phone texts were permanently deleted starting in mid-January of all times, 2021, and Secret Service officials said it was the result of an agency-wide reset of staff telephones and replacement that it began planning months earlier. First of all, why was it planning it months earlier? What did they know was going to happen in January? You know? That's a very good question. It all sounds like a sci-fi movie. Not even sci-fi, because it's not science fiction, but like a movie that someone has written. Mm. Like all of this. But at the same time, if I went into a writer's room and pitched this, Mm. they'd be like, it's a little far-fetched, Dana. Yeah, it reminds me of the movie that they talk about in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where they're like, it's a phone that kills you when you answer it. And it's (laughs) it's supposed to be some sort of commentary on being addicted to technology. It's like, why don't you just take the battery out of the phone? Yeah, (laughs) get it. Secret Service agents, many of whom protect the president, the vice president and other senior government leaders, were instructed to upload. They were actually instructed to upload any old text messages involving government business to an internal agency drive before the reset. They were they were told to do that and they didn't. It appears they many of them did not. The result? is that potentially valuable evidence that real-time communications and reactions of agents who interacted directly with Trump or helped coordinate his plans before and during the attack on the Capitol are unlikely to ever be recovered. That is incredibly frustrating. My only hope is that one of them texts Mark Meadows because apparently everyone texts Mark Meadows that day and Mark still has the text messages. Yeah, who was the Nixon secretary who accidentally put her foot over on stopped the tape recording from 10 feet away somehow? Uh That's... Mm-hmm. That's what that's what that is. All right. Better news down in Fulton County District Attorney. Fonnie Willis asked a federal judge in South Carolina on Monday to reject Lindsey Graham's motion to quash her subpoena. 
Addressing Donald Trump loyalists throughout her legal brief is Mr. Graham, which I <laughs> fucking love. Her office pointedly avoided referring to the Republican by his title as senator, and she explained why in a footnote. So Willis's outside counsel said that doing so makes it abundantly clear that they don't agree that Graham was acting in his official senatorial capacity when he called Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to discuss the state's 2020 presidential vote count. So the 11-page filing says Graham has not yet been served with a subpoena or a material witness warrant in South Carolina, so his motion is premature. I'm sure that's not the only thing Lindsey Graham has ever done that was premature. (laughs) And this is a quote, Mr. Graham seeks a ruling on a matter that is not ripe for judicial attention, and that's according to the motion from Christopher Adams of Adams Biscoff LLC in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, Graham agreed Tuesday to accept service of a subpoena for his testimony before a Georgia grand jury investigating possible criminal meddling, meddling, like it's Scooby-Doo. In the tw- if it wasn't for the damn <laughs> AG, I would have gotten away with this. What's <laughs> up for those meddling kids? <laughs> anyway, for the uh, criminal meddling in the 2020 election by, of course, then-President Donald Trump. So he agreed that he was going to accept service of a subpoena. We'll see. Okay? But Graham... Republican, as we know, still retained his right to challenge the legality of the subpoena. Again, that's from a court filing. Now, Graham's agreement to accept the subpoena likely will streamline his dispute with Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis over the demand of his testimony. As Tuesday afternoon about the development, Graham told NBC News that Fulton County hasn't, quote, even tried to subpoena me. I just want to get it done. Somehow, uh, Just trying to get ahead of it, huh, Graham? Yeah, I just want to get it done, but I'm going to file in court to not do it. Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Okay. Mm, Premature. And in a related story, the 16 Republicans who falsely signed certificates claiming to be Georgia's valid presidential electors for Trump have been deemed criminal targets by the Fulton County District Attorney. And as we know, she's investigating the efforts by Donald Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 results. Willis indicated this determination in another court filing on Tuesday, fending off a legal effort by one of those targets, Burt Jones, to disqualify her from leading the grand jury investigation. Jones, who is running to become Georgia's lieutenant governor, we talked about him yesterday, had contended that Willis's actions were politically motivated, citing her political support for Jones's opponent. But Willis said that Jones couldn't show he was targeted over politics And that, in fact, she had treated all 16 of the fraudulent Republicans the same. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, Jones is similarly situated and has been treated identically to each of the 15 other unofficial electors, none of whom are running for fucking lieutenant governor. I am paraphrasing. Quote, who represented themselves as properly certified electors for the 2020 presidential election and who received similar target status notifications. That's Anna Cross, an attorney representing Willis's office. And she said that in a response to Jones's filing. So he's like, you're picking on me. You're singling me out. She's like, nah, every single fucking guy and lady (laughs) got one of these and none of them. You're the only one running for lieutenant governor, my friend. So the acknowledgement that all 16 GOP elector nominees are now criminal targets came up after a group of them raised a similar challenge to Willis's role. We wouldn't have known all 16 of them are fucking targets. For, if they for hadn't indictment, done this. If they, if they hadn't cried about it. And that is how we find out about these investigations, right? Not the DOJ leaking, not the DA's office leaking. These cry baby fucking assholes who were like, you, you are going to indict me and my 15 friends. It's not fair. Or they go on Fox News 
But like, we're not supposed to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. Like what you just described, sir, is a coup. In a court filing seeking to be excused from testifying to the Fulton County Grand Jury, the elector nominees say they invoked their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination on the advice of their attorneys. And they derided the change of their status as a publicity stunt. So they were brought in and questioned. Mm-hmm. They pled the fifth. She sent them target letters. And now they're saying, ah, you're just it's a publicity stunt. You pled the fifth, dude. Yeah. You said if you answered the question, you could be you be used against you for indictment. So we're targeting you for indictment. And now you're like, it's not say it's not fair. <laughs> I the Republicans contended they acted lawfully casting contingent electoral votes in the event that a court ruling deemed them legitimate. They cited as precedent actions by Democratic electors in Hawaii after the 1960 election who similarly cast contingent votes that were later counted after a recount showed John Kennedy had narrowly won the state. Most significantly, however, the Republican elector nominees say they had no awareness of a deeper scheme by close Trump allies, including John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani, even though they all came down there and talked to them and shook their hands and showed them the whole plan. To misuse their votes and pressure then-Vice President Pence to count the contingent electors as valid. We had no idea that was the plan. We had no idea. Quote, the nominee electors did not and could not have had any involvement in or knowledge of any such plan. Even though they emailed us and told us to not tell anyone about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's not in the quote, everyone, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just adding that. I'll I'll go on with the quote here. As it was not even conceived until several weeks after the GOP electors had completed their contingent electoral slates on December 14th, 2020. Oh, so we didn't know about this plan before then? You sure? You sure about that? Because we have emails. That's attorneys for the Republican elector nominees. And, and, you know, to be fair, they don't really have much of a defense. Quote, and in any event, it was never disclosed to or discussed with the nominee electors at the time, even though we sat and listened to an Eastman presentation. And we've seen an email about that. That's also not in there, but I'm just adding as such. None of the nominee electors could have anticipated on December 14th, 2020, that there could or would be any attempt to misuse their lawfully cast contingent electoral slate in such a manner. And then, 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 then. Yeah, but your fucking certificate didn't say contingent electors. It said these are the official electors certified and we've signed our names and we're using the United States Postal Service to send them to the National Archives. This filing underscores the degree to which the DA has escalated her investigation. And uh, she has in recent weeks subpoenaed multiple members of Congress, Georgia state legislatures, key members of Trump's inner circle, including Eastman and Rudy. Her probe also includes a review of the phone call Trump made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who has already testified before the grand jury. Um, That call where he urged him to find 11,780 votes. Hmm. Thank you very much. And speaking of your appearance in the audience on Thursday, Matthew Pottinger. He served on former President Donald Trump's National Security Council before resigning in the immediate aftermath of January 6th. He's going to be testifying publicly at Thursday's primetime hearing held by the House Select Committee investigating the U.S. Capitol attack. And that's according to multiple sources familiar with those plans. Now, Pottinger is slated to appear alongside former Trump White House aide Sarah Matthews. Okay. CNN previously reported that Matthews, who served as deputy press secretary in the Trump White House until resigning also shortly after January 6th, was expected to testify publicly. Now, when she resigned, Matthews said she was honored to serve in Trump's administration, but, quote, was deeply disturbed by what 
she saw. She said that at the time and went on to say our nation needs a peaceful transfer of power. That was her. That's what she believed. That was her take. So Pottinger, who was Trump's deputy national security advisor, he stepped down in response to Trump's reaction to his supporters breaching the U.S. Capitol. And that's from a person close to Pottinger who confirmed with CNN at the time of his resignation. He told people there was very little for him to consider. That was basically the straw. Now, the committee's vice chairwoman, Republican Rep. Liz Cheney, who we are all enjoying her job in this specific capacity, described Pottinger like this during one of the committee's previous hearings. She said, a former Marine intelligence officer who served in the White House for four years, including including as deputy national security advisor, was in the vicinity of the Oval Office at the various points throughout the day. He was there. So this isn't secondhand knowledge. He was there. The committee played a video clip from Pottinger's interview in which he described the moment he knew it was the moment to resign. This is a quote. One of my staff brought me a printout of a tweet by the president. And the tweet said something to the effect that Mike Pence, the vice president, didn't have the courage to do what he, what should have been done. I, I read that tweet and I made a decision at that moment to resign. That's where I knew that I was leaving that day once I read the tweet. So it was that tweet where he was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Mm. A spokesperson for the committee declined to comment and a spokesperson for Pottinger did not respond to CNN's request for comment. But I have a feeling this is going to be a really good hearing. I think we're going to get just as many bombshells in this as we did with Hutchinson. He, this is a firsthand account. This is not hearsay. He was there. He's also talking about why he left. So no one can argue with that. Yeah. And it may be more. This is the primetime hearing. And I will be there, like I said, Thursday, live tweeting from inside the hearing room at Mueller, she wrote on Twitter. Next up, we have your good news. If you have any good news you want to send in to us, please do so by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. We'll be right back after this break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, as you know, I have been taking Athletic Greens AG1 every day, every morning, because I want better gut health and a supplement that actually tastes great and replaces like 500 bottles of vitamins and scoops of superfood and adaptogens and everything. Uh, It is so convenient and it saves me so much money and time. It is such an easy habit to pick up that way. With one delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, sleep, all the things. I share Athletic Greens with all my friends, and now is a good time for you to start because Athletic Greens is offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, which is so important during these variants for for COVID. And you get five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science. They have constant product iterations. Uh, You know, so many supplements hit the market and they don't change for decades, but they have had 53 upgrades and counting. And they've donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. So you know this product is awesome. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every morning. That's it. No need for a million pills and supplements. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you that free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and those five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And, as you know, falling asleep and staying asleep and waking up rested used to be very difficult for me until I got my custom mattress from Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete online, 
and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting the mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, firm mattresses. They even have a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. When I took the online two-minute quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I prefer a medium firm mattress and I sleep on my side. So head there to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, order your customized mattress, and you will have the best night's sleep of your life. There's free shipping, a 10-year warranty. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it and give you a full refund, but you will love it. And Helix even has financing options available. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And they've been recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine and chiropractors as a solution for improving your sleep. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And once again, if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, whoopee stories, stuffed animal stories, pictures of Halloween or Christmas, Santa's lap or Easter bunny or shit kids say or shit your parents say, you can send it all into us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. I'm very excited about this new text message that I just got, Dana. Oh, what is it? Donald Trump called Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Vos last week and urged him to decertify Biden's 2020 election win in Wisconsin. Last week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, this guy's milking this shit, isn't he? And he just can't stop criming. No, he just can't. He simply can't. So anyway, interesting little breaking news bit. But good news. Send it to us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. First up from Clayton, no pronouns given. Hey, team, daily listener here. Thank you for digging into court filings for me so I don't have to. <laughs> You're welcome, Clayton. For some reason, I enjoy reading them, and it's a problem that I have. <laughs> Whenever someone says I get my news from shitty sources, I can proudly say most of the news I care about and discuss comes from court filings, which makes me sound more refined and harder to dismiss. I work in finance and the pronunciation of S-P-A-C is going to kill me if I don't bring it up to you. A SPAC, special purpose acquisition company, is referred to as SPAC, not S-P-A-C. And I was calling it an S-PAC, Dana. So I, we were both wrong. I, you know, I appreciate stuff like this because I don't want to say this in front of anyone other than the Beans listeners. So <laughs> corrections like this from Clayton actually make me very happy. SPAC. You sound it out instead of saying the letters. Thanks for all you do. Here's hoping the SEC doesn't let... Is it the SEC? Is it the, the SEC? Is it the-, <laughs> the SEC doesn't let Trump and company off the hook like they have let Elon off the hook for his numerous securities violations over the years. Cheers. I Thanks, agree. Clayton. Thank you, Clayton. This, oh, my goodness. Wow. This next one's from Barbara, pronouns she and her. Here's my triple threat good news crafting Halloween submission. As those who participate in the patron happy hours know... I've been working on Needlepoint Project the past few months. Well, good news, at least for me. This past weekend, I finished it. Full disclosure, the ideas for this particular project weren't mine. I stitched this using a stitch guide, basic, basically instructions. I've been doing Needlepoint for decades. I find it very relaxing. I love the creative outlet. 
I often catch up on podcasts while I stitch. Thanks to AG, DG, and the rest of the Beans team for keeping me company while I stitch away. And these witches, the stitch witches, these are stitch witches. Mm-hmm. Witches get stitches. Mm-hmm. <gasps> stitches, so, stitches make witches. This is so, so amazing. That's awesome. I've been watching you, working on it, Barbara, these last weeks and months. This is so truly incredible. Well done. This is beautiful. I want this. <laughs> I want one. It only takes months. Yeah, it only takes 12, 12 years of her life. I'm sure it'll be in the mail by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Next up from Voodoo 7, no pronouns given. I rewatched the January 6th committee hearings because I want to hear all the facts in case I missed any. So many recorded testimonies make me smile. The fifth day made me grin ear to ear whenever they play the video of Eric Hirschman's testimony. That's the Bat Panda lawyer. <laughs> Pet tax. I will leave pictures of my terrier mix. God loves a terrier. <laughs> and good luck trying to figure out what he is. I've done a DNA on him because I wanted to make sure there wouldn't be any possible illnesses. There were so many different terrier breeds that he was not a majority of any of them. Wow. Can't wait to hear your guesses. Okay. Uh, there's a little Maltese. There's a little Yorkie. There's a soft-coated terrier. Soft-coated Wheaton in here, I believe. There's Soft-coated Wheaton. A Jack Russell. Sure. And I want to say there's a, I mean, he's very stout. Like there's, yeah, is there a chubby terrier? <laughs> <laughs> what is the sausage terrier? That's got to be scientific. What's the chubby terrier? They're big boned, AG. <laughs> They're just ass. Full. Look at him. He's got to be round little. Booty. Oh my goodness. The best dog butt. Okay. I like how he matches the carpet. Um, ch- ch- Chihuahua? No. Maybe yeah, it's just a bunch of terrier. It's uh, all terrier. There's got to be chihuahua in there, and probably some <laughs> Jack Russell, wire hair. Is there a? Is there a little bit of? I still think there's a little Maltese in there, but like a little Schnauzer, maybe. Oh, maybe or Shih Tzu. All right. Let's oh, see. yeah, Shih Tzu. Oh my god, he's so cute. He really is. Look at that hurt. Okay, we have Shih Tzu and Maltese. Maltese. Yorkie. We didn't put Yorkie. No. Wow. Can't wait to hear your guesses. Okay. Uh, there's a little Maltese. There's a little Yorkie. Yorkie. West Highland White Terrier, where he got his long snout. Soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nice job. And Poodle, where he gets his smarts. Aww. Good. Soft-coated Wheaton Terriers are dumb. <laughs> I know because I had one. Maybe mine was just dumb. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was awesome. Nice. And an adorable dog. Thank you so much for that submission. This next one's from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. I was listening to you as usual this morning with my cranial beverage, which is coffee. There was talk about the phrase, the rabbit died. Now, that I can't catch me because the rabbit Don died. Lyric mm. from Sweet Emotions by Aerosmith. Makes more sense. <laughs> right? I think that's what kicked this whole thing off, to oh be honest. Oh, my God. Anyway, just happy watching the SS Trump going down inch by inch each day. Like watching a glacier melt away, but in a good way. <laughs> Keep it coming. The good and the bad and the ugly. You bring it in a way that makes it palatable. Thank you, Anonymous. And next up from KK, pronoun she and her. Hello, I'm a big fan of the Daily Beans. I wish more news organizations were run by women. Yes. I just wanted to add a funny subtitle to the mix. Per your discussion about Pat Cipollone showing up in subtitles as Patsy Baloney. 
I was recently watching the news with the sound off, relying on the subtitles, and Mike Pence was written as Mike Pants. I think it really fits. <laughs> I pictured him as plain khakis. <laughs> Yes, he is a pair of khakis. As my pet tax, I'm attaching a picture of my goofy dog, a Wheaton Terrier, another Wheaton, named Frankie. He spent his first seven years, and I did, sorry, I called your dog dumb now all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's like, I, I'll be safe, right? Nope. Very next fucking submission. Wheaton Terrier. Oh my God, what that's hilarious. He spent the first seven years in an outdoor cage in a puppy mill oh, in the Midwest. Oh. He was never inside a home before a rescue group saved him. Midwest Wheaton Rescue based in Elkhorn, Nebraska. Never buy puppies online or from puppy stores or puppy mills. Anyway, I could tell from my guy's personality he would be a great therapy dog. So we trained him and took the licensing test and he became a hospice doggo. Ooh. All I did was drive and he did all the magic. Somehow he intuitively knew who most needed cheering up in the room and it wasn't always the person in the bed. Anyway, long story short, he's now 14. I was told last week by my trusted vet that he doesn't have much longer to live. So now the hospice dog needs a hospice dog. Aww. We're so sad, but we will carry on giving him the best last few weeks any dog ever had with a lot of TLC. I've adopted many older rescue dogs and they are the best. As a result, I've been in this situation several times in the last decade, but each one was so special. It was totally worth it. I try to remind myself that the dogs don't seem to mind going to the next world, but they mind that we mind, of course. And I know with all my heart I will see him again someday. I've attached this picture. I'll also attach a flyer from when he moonlighted before COVID as a library oh dog. Oh my goodness. Being read to by children in our town. He was always so calm and so politely paid attention to each child as they did their best to read to him. Okay, so you have Aww. the best Wheaton Terrier. Oh, look on at On the it. planet. Look at him. <gasps> he looks just like my dog. Come need to Frank. Oh, Frankie. Yeah, our, I named our Wheaton. We got him when I think I must have been two years old. And uh, my parents asked me what we should name him. And I, I, I decided to name him after the amazing Mumford on Sesame Street. Perfect. Because, you know, that's the most well-known Sesame Street <laughs> character. As, one, as what children do. I'm, I've, been, I've been a deep cut. I've been into deep cuts since I was two years old. <laughs> I've, I've been a hipster since the early, early days. Mumford was his name. And we ended up calling him Humford because he would hump everything. And then one day he got out and he got into the neighbor's quick dry cement oh, no. driveway oh, and no. came home and weighed about 100 pounds. We <laughs> had five people lift him into the car <laughs> to take him to the vet and they had to shear him. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is quite he, the story. He wasn't the brightest crayon in the shed, but he was uh, a sweet. But he was definitely puppy. the heaviest. <laughs> and yeah, he was definitely. He ain't heavy. Yes, he is. Uh, Mumford, a la peanut butter sandwiches. That guy. Remember that guy? Oh, goodness. Uh, anyway, memories. How do I remember that? But I don't remember what I did yesterday. I, I don't know. All right, everybody, thank you for sending these in. If you have any good news stories you want to share, please send them to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana. Yes. Do you have any final thoughts? Final thought is that I hope this bill that we may cover later in episode, we may not. So I'm teasing a man and maybe I shouldn't, but just pass the house that's going to codify marriage equality. That was co-sponsored by Susan Collins because apparently it's the only good thing she can possibly do in her life. I passed the house. And so this is going to go to the Senate. It'll be interesting to see what happens and if it gets codified into law so that they cannot take marriage equality away from us by the states. But um, it's a step. 
And um, we're going to follow that. I know we'll follow it because it's important. 47 Republicans in the House voted for this bill. Yep. Which makes you think that we'll be okay in the Senate. Um, And then maybe we can get the states to calm the fuck down and stop running on this because a lot of gubernatorial candidates right now in red states are talking about how they want to get rid of marriage equality. And it's just insulting. It's it's insulting. It's terrifying on some level. And it's if you've never had to worry about your rights being stripped away because of who you love, you can't understand the stress that this causes for families. So hopefully this gets taken care of and it does the right thing before the midterms. Yeah, this is the stuff of nightmares, you know, and um, I, I, my understanding is Joni Ernst uh, plans to vote for it, as does Susan Collins. As mm-hmm. you said, she was a co-sponsor over there in the Senate. I do not know if those two would be willing to carve out the filibuster right, to codify this, but it's going to the Senate and uh, that is uh, that is good news. And we couldn't, you know, we already did it with Roe. Now we're trying to now we're doing it with. Uh, yep. Marriage. All right. Marriage that's quality. my final thought. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, everybody, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. My flight doesn't leave till tomorrow night. So everything's going to be on and going for the beans tomorrow and for Thursday. I'll just be recording it in D.C. So until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health and vote blue over Q. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.